Well, looky, looky, who's come back? Must be loving the insight into this process because here you I are. Would li- I would like to know why you're back. Well, to be true, there are people that this might be their first oh, uh, listening, the first experience Hi. of this. So sorry if it's all a bit abrupt. Can I just say that if you if you are liking it, can you just go on our Instagram page or whatever and just tell us why? Like, what is it that's doing it for you? Yeah. Or what can we do better? Totally. Less of, less of what, more of what? Less of Mumakin, more of Spender, probably. No, probably. Maybe. I dare say people really enjoy the sound of my voice. Oh, it's good, isn't it? So, anyway. <sighs> yeah. Water and fire, speaking of the sound of our voices. Just before we again, get into that. Before we get into this that. This is a podcast. I know. About us. I know, but I just want us. people to know that the dynamic, we've been friends for long enough to give each other a lot of shit. People, it doesn't hurt. People that are listening and like, oh, that's really mean what he just said. Oh, no. that's a bit cutting. Like, no. just... Just be okay. That's how it. we roll. We're okay. We're this constantly fully, attacking each other. Fully consensual shit giving. Yeah. Both ways. Yeah. We actually try and one up. It's It's cruel. It's cruel. But it's also kind because it kind of makes us robust for the real world, doesn't it? Yeah, well, whatever whatever you feel you need mm. to say right now to make Still, people like you, yeah. that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm ever doing, <laughs> babes. Just making sure that people like me a little bit more than they like you, which is pretty easy. Really. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, um, let's get on with Water and Fire. First time I heard this song, can I tell you? Oh, uh, yeah, let's, yeah. So, so, so I heard it again. This was one of the songs that we did. It was the first week. Shit. Elements. Was this the first song of that? First or second week. It was like oh, up cool. there. Yeah, yeah. And um, no, it was the second week. Okay. And um, second week of I Heart Songwriting Club, which is created, which was created by Francesca de Valance. And I think we should we'll try and speak to Francesca about uh, yeah, this. Because okay. Let's get her in. Been, she's been Here such a Here we go. Hold on. Wait, wait. We'll just patch her in. Hi everyone, I'm Francesca de Valence and I'm the founder of I Heart Songwriting Club and it's a club I formed three and a half years ago, so back in 2014 because um, as a songwriter I was the biggest procrastinator and I could put off writing for what turned out to be months and I'd you know, write a song every six months and that would really depress me because you know I actually really do enjoy writing songs but I just also was the biggest procrastinator so I formed this club that would um, basically help me write songs all the time. And what turned out to be um, a little private songwriting group of a few people turned into be a, a songwriting club that was that became global, um, where people from all around the world can contribute. So what it basically is now is a um, a ten week course that's done um, at you can start at any time with um, approximately ten other songwriters, and you have one hour to write a song. Um, to a theme, and you write individually, and then you share your work with another bunch, uh, with that bunch of songwriters, the same bunch for ten weeks, and collaborate um, and share and support each other. So you don't necessarily collaborate on the exact song that you've written, but um, in terms of giving feedback and maybe some even production ideas um, and song structure ideas, lyric suggestions, and that sort of thing, and it just keeps you um, engaged in songwriting. And I've been doing it myself for three and a half years, and it's just really transformed my life. Um, and I'm really not a procrastinator anymore at all. <laughs> there we go. That was an interesting insight into yeah. things, wasn't it? So, yeah, so she created this amazing platform and we just jumped on board and I was like, at the time we were talking about making an album together and so I was like, let's let's do it here this way. I live in Margaret River, you live in Melbourne, let's do it this way. Yeah. 
And so we started, and this song I remember because you know you have to give critique every week of the other nine people in the in the group who have submitted Submit, their songs. Yeah. And I remember hearing this opening line: "Water came along and met fire in a bar one winter ago," and I was just like, "Holy shit, what's about to happen here?" Can I just say that in this whole songwriting process, my experience of you as a writer in this, mm. what I really love—it's really intimidating, isn't it, for you? Is that you're going to say? No. Oh, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I was going to say I love the fact that the economy of time forced you to distill um, your musical sensibility, mm. make that really simple, and bring your songwriting really far forward. Yeah. And I love that the the shoot from the hip stuff that you came up with in that songwriting course um, was so striking. Oh, cool. And I really loved that about this. I really loved hearing that part of 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 what you have created in this, in this do, body of work. I, uh, yeah, look, I do have – what helped me is that with this course is that I have a terrible habit because I work with – um, software and I love mixing and producing music. I have a terrible habit of getting really caught up with with complexity. the production and the complexity of sounds mm. and the technicality. And I completely focus on the lyrics like at the very last minute or have paid mm. very little attention. So this was great to be able to go. Yeah, because you had to write words. We had yeah. to write in an hour. You kind of felt like you needed to submit something that had an essence of something in it. And also know? like it had to be recorded on a voice memo on a phone. So yeah. it's like if the idea isn't there, then there's nothing. Yeah. Like so it's not like I'm going to produce up a full-on demo. Mm. And then hour. the other side of that was that the the, the the second economy we had experienced was the fact that we decided that we were going to get on stage with a stripped-back drum kit and a guitar and yeah. that was how we were going to perform this music. Yeah. We were not going to make it super techie. We weren't going to become encumbered with um, tracks Laptops. or even a lot of other band members. It was going to be the two yeah, of yeah. us and and this drums and guitar sensibility. So we then, when we came back to came back around to choosing the songs, they were songs that had to be de- were going to be able to be delivered in that way. Yeah. And what I love about this song, it is a straight up mythical story of epic proportions mm. and yet it's super personal mm. and super um, you can you know I can almost see these two people and at the same time I see them as as elements I see them as as two people grappling with being magnetically opposed mm. and yet somehow drawn yeah yeah so yeah kudos dude thanks thanks yeah I mean it was very much um kudos dudos oh, yeah that was quite clever I put os on the end of dude yes. and it sounded like cute yep. and then it rhymed. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Why don't you tell us a little about it again? I put it, os it, on it really the end has of a dude. retelling quality to it. <laughs> I put os. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory. Go on. I was really into myths when I was a kid. I remember my dad gave me this quite thick book about Greek myths and I loved, I just became obsessed with it. And one of the things that I loved most about the telling of Greek myths is that sometimes the gods and the goddesses actually have just really human, annoying, everyday so complex. issues. Like it's not. Oh, I love that it doesn't always end well. Doesn't always end In well. In fact, it generally doesn't. Our gods seem, you know, we, we kind of make them out to be exempt from all the kind of. Humanness, f- the foils of humanness. The foils yeah. of humanness, yeah. right? And um, with the Greek, the Greek myths are just like. It's all about the well, they're soap so opera. struck. They're struck by desire. They are so moved by desire. Yeah, the Greek gods are really moved by the human 
you know, I think that in the Catholic faith you look at them as the deadly sins, but they're, they're, they're moved by hedonism, they're moved by lust. Jealousy. They're moved by jealousy. Yeah. They're moved by the things that we grapple with as humans. So the stories are there to help us to kind of to kind of almost give us a little bit of licence of like, well, if the gods can fuck up, we can fuck up a little That's bit right. too and get back on the horse. Yeah. I didn't really come to um, really know much about Greek mythology until I had children. And until my, this song. no. No, oh. you were not the doorway to mythology for me. Well, I you am were for not. a lot of people. You were not for me. Right. However. Um, okay, it's a bummer. Yeah, well, my children were. Oh. Yeah, and we got right into Greek mythology because I got really sick of telling stories and reading stories to my kids that were so like. Happy ending. And then, da, da, and then, da, da, and then it was all fixed. Da, so it's da, like, da, da. stop yeah, telling yeah. that story. It's a shit story yeah. because. That's actually not how life goes. Life right. goes that sometimes you make a mistake and you have to live with it forever and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You'll get on with it. That's right. Or you might be banished to an island and live with sirens, yeah. you know. Or have Either. eagles pick out your liver like for the rest of eternity. Either way, shit happened. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, so I was really – and my daughter – Banjo is became a Greek myth fiend. So she, uh-huh. you would mention anything vaguely related to Greek mythology, and she'd go, "Oh yes, well, that comes from the story Dionysus. of Arachne, where yeah. the, she tried to, you know, uh, have a, a weaving competition, and it failed terribly, and she was turned into a spider." <laughs> and you'd be like, "Whoa, that's Whoa. a heavy story." Yeah. However, when you when I heard this song from you, it really spoke to me of those epic proportions. And I feel like that's what we tried to deliver in the choruses. Yeah, that's right. We, we wanted the, the the actual chorus, which is mm. where the name came from. From You know, they represented the people, the public, mm. their opinion in those mm. Greek sort of um, plays and stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah. also that it's that fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone quality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, let's have a listen. Yeah, I mean, can you? I, can, I mean, I don't know about you, but Ryan Downey, who's got this beautiful baritone, so I can hear gorgeous. this sort of like tremulous, yeah. like Zeusy kind of like fire, oh, like yeah. he's yelling that shit from the mountain. He's so good, man. He really bought it in that one. Oh, ah, yeah, handsome devil too. Yeah, if he's listening. Um. Anyway, so um, so the, we we got together and rewrote the, the we we hadn't written a second verse for this one. You'd written the first verse and the chorus. Yes. And we got back together we got together and rewrote the second half of the first verse. That's right. And it happened and then it, it happened in, in the studio in, in Fremantle when we were working on Underground That's which right. you can listen to that's last week's previous podcast if you'd like to sort of go back in time. Flick. Um and uh, I love that we stayed with the story and we stayed with the characters but that it ended badly for fire and oh, yeah. that water ultimately extinguished him. Yeah. And Air who was fire's partner um, stands at the window having been yeah. sort of pushed out of the picture because of his transgression. Yes. And doesn't save him. That's right. I yeah, love that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like that we, you know, you because you came at it from that angle, you kind of you turned up the the uh sort of the tragedy device of the song, right. which was that that we were playing off these elements mm. and that we were really trying to to create this like otherworldly, like everything was quite dramatic, like mm. two flares on a... Lit up like burning li- flares. Lit up like burning flares and it became suddenly quite quite the uh, sort of the end of the world sort of moment. The we really we really milked the metaphors. Like we, we, levy, we did. flares, um, yeah. seeping, um, 
smoking, rashes, ashes. Crackling a laugh. Crackling. Like the fire crackling. Rippling. Boiling up a plant. Boiling. Like we went there. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. And it came. Water woke up thirsty. I know. Hello. Water woke up thirsty. Fire all gone out. Fire out. Yeah. I love that line. Water woke up thirsty. It's like it's, you know, she can't be thirsty, but she was. Yeah, she was actually missing herself. Is that what the, is that what that, yeah. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah, she like felt a bit vacuous in that moment. Yeah, interesting. I've mm. actually never even thought of that. Mm. That's how genius our songwriting <laughs> level has gotten <laughs> to. Shit, babe. Don't, even, don't even clock it. Shit. Anyway, so um, as far as the recording sensibility of this, we went super stripped back, maybe the most stripped back on all the whole album. Definitely. As far as we recorded it, it's it's the drum the drums well, as you hear wait, them let's shaker. Just, can we sorry? Can we just jump back? I just want to have a quick listen to the demo. Water came along, met fire in a bar one winter ago. She wore a ripple dress, long hair all a mess. She was colder than snow. He was all alone in the corner. Trying to warn her not to get too close. Cool. So that guitar idea, that picky plucky mm-hmm. thing, you know, I'm a massive, massive fan, hugely influenced by Ali Fakatura, who is a incredible he's passed away unfortunately, but he's he's an incredible griot of the griot tradition, um, the desert uh, storyteller who just he made this album called Near Funk. I'll, I'll put a link on it that deeply influenced my guitar playing um, because it was just so otherworldly. It's he, he plays with a very picky, like, sort of percussive feeling, which really... Percussive, would you call it? Thanks. I put the word pick and percussive together. Yeah. I took per out of percussion and yep. put pick in it instead. Yeah. Percussion. Yeah, mate. Yep. Go on. You were telling a story? Uh, yeah, so... Oh, God... Percussion. Yeah. Okay. Picky yeah. and percussive. Oh, yeah. No, retell it again. Maybe <laughs> no. three times and I'll actually understand. <laughs> I'm saying that's where you were in your storytelling. You said he plays with a oh, very sorry. picky and percussive. <laughs> I'm very defensive. <laughs> oh, I have to be to fucking survive Come you. Come on, girl. Okay, on. okay. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, that's that's a real happy place for me to write songs is this really cycling, upbeat, ticket, 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 ticket thing, which um, you seem to like. Love it. That's for sure. So, yeah, so I put it down, I pushed, put down a verse, and I put down the chorus, which is chromatic. So it has this, for me, anytime you use chromaticism, um, which is just basically going from one tone to a semitone up in music. Um, in music? If you, sorry, that's very patronizing. <laughs> Keep going. You're losing, you're losing I'm losing all the audience. Go. go. So fun. So fun to sing and so fun to perform. And it was a great track to uh, record. And vocally, we recorded this one. At the same time, we had two opposing microphones because we realised we couldn't do it separately. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we sort of faced each other but were slightly baffled. But if you hear one track, you can hear the other, the other's vocals in there like this. Water came along, met fire in a bar, one winter ago. 
But it was important to be able to have eye, eye line of each other yeah. and be able to really be tuning into the physical cues of telling yeah. that story together. Yeah. Because it's a story that needs to be told dynamically in the space at the same time. We did try doing it where you sang it first and then I sang it yeah. on top and we just couldn't nail that without That's actually right. being cued by more than just the sound of it. Well, like other songs um, on this album, it it, the, it it was a very much a solid performance before we hit the studio. So we re- I remember we did a shit ton of work mm. making this harmony and the way we mm. sang this really solid yep. in a room yep. at any time of night and day. If yep. we were to perform this, it was like... Those guys are singing that song together really well. They're yeah. really nailing that harmony. They really, it's, it's not, there's nothing and it's probably shaky about that performance. Vocally in the chorus, it's one of those notes you literally have to, you know, I always imagine myself with a Velcro suit on, you know, those Velcro walls that you throw yourself at? Water and fire. seen those yeah. things you just like run and then you're on a trampoline you mean the one you're wearing right now yeah and then you're like on a trampoline and you throw yourself out of wall or you stick yeah. to it that's how i imagine getting that note that oh, water awesome. and fire yeah. and i'm just jumping towards a velcro yeah and there's a shape of my body where it should be and ah, i'm just trying to hit it cool that's a yeah. terrible visual i hope no, everyone I like can it. unsee that eventually I in their lifetime but it's one of those notes where you can leave nothing behind yeah. And you have to just throw, or for me, I have to throw every part of myself at that note. And sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. It is a risk. Let's not show that. It's a risky, v- when you uh, singing that vowel in that mm. kind of uh, very loud tone, mm. it's really risky. The it's pitch, so risky. The pitch. <laughs> Singers would totally get this feeling of a very open sounding vowel fire yeah. and then if that ah ah sound if that if you're slight it's so sensitive to tuning oh. the shape of your mouth so yeah so there, we did there was a lot of trial and error and we I'm could, pitchy at the best of times like yeah, I yeah pitchy the most of times n- not the best, best well the worst of times I can be I can be a little bit pitchy out there in the world and uh, to then have to sing this in the studio while Tommy's like potentially nailing it and I'm going I have to, I have to get this, and there's just no, I can't, they can't, my head cannot be involved in this, and I would literally yeah. remember just, just going, just drop it and th- throw yourself, and we it's did. become easier over time. Yeah. It has become a bit easier. Last yesterday we did it at radio, and it was like, oh, yeah, we're, going we're actually getting yeah, this yeah. is becoming easier. Thank God, yeah, because yeah. it is a risky, risky note. Water and fire. Let's go to the other part of this um, song, which I really love, is when we did our sessions together. This is when we first were like, let's you play guitar, I'll play drums, where we really um, like Mum and to start playing this. But I was playing the guitar line, and you just came in with a beat, and you were playing as opposed to like a drummer tradition. Like this is what's great about you playing drums the way that you do is you approach songs in a really different way, and mm-hmm. I love that because I've worked with a lot of incredible drummers who have been trained in a way that's there's rules and your rules are just different because you haven't <laughs> necessarily sat down and done like 10 years of obsessive I really I really often I'm really often playing the drums going I hope there's no drummers here <laughs> I really do I hope there's no I hope no one's watching me who knows what they're doing because fuck yeah but you I'm know, murdering you're this bringing something really interesting, which is cool, and that's and that's such a different sound. And this was you were actually playing um, kick and snare quite simply, but you were keeping a shaker down in. So you were holding a shaker egg in one hand and mm. a drumstick, which is not traditional. 
I mean, people do it. Mm. People do it. But um, you know who does it great? You know who's a really great George, George um, Savanas, and Danny Ferrugia. Danny Ferrugia, beast. He's amazing at the shaker percussion drummer yeah. situation. So you know, yeah. I've watched him many times. He's an incredible drummer, and we'll I can only vaguely sit in a very distant shadow of his influence. <laughs> In the building across the street. You know what I mean? Like a down. distant, distant shadow. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. Like in the like basement. If he of walked a building, down the street down. and it was a sunny day yeah. and he had cast a shadow when he walked down that street and then I came down that street three years later. Mm, I'm thinking more like lunar eclipse, later. like the sun casting, like the moon casting, the earth casting a shadow on the mm. on the moon via the sun, like, like solar system right. levels. Okay. Okay. I thought my metaphor was pretty distant too. Yeah, not quite as distant as the length okay. of our solar system. Okay. Sorry, guys. Anyway, that was the sensibility <laughs> of it. We should move on. Yeah, let's move on. So, yeah, so so Mama King just had this sweet groove and it was like, it just, what I would call pocketing and it just pocketed. It was just like, that just really snugly fits into this. Well, let's do it. And mm. it was a... A bit of a one-take rattlesnake situation for you. Um, for me, in the studio, it took me a while to get the right tone out of my guitar and I remember sort of like struggling at times with just having the playfulness of the guitar playing. Like, it really had to skip, didn't it? It had to sit but it had to be heavy enough in that sort of in your where you were hitting bass. that bass, those bass notes had to be so in the pocket with yeah. what I was doing. And, and yeah. I remember that little bit of a struggle, but then when you when you nail it, and, and you nail it all the time now, but when you nailed it in the studio, it's like, yes. Yeah. There, it was so obvious and it was so worth working for. Yeah, it was. It's like one of those things that sometimes in the studio things come really easily and sometimes it's like one of the, you have to just be willing, willing to strive. I think we're done. Okay. So that um, was Water and Fire. That was Water and Fire. Um, what's ne- up on the? I think next week we're going to try and on take the bench on next week. I think we're going to put dotted line up on the bench. Ah, oh, dotted. What do you line. reckon? Yeah, it's not. We're not going in any great order now, so we just can keep moving through as we wish. Dotted line will be really fun because it's so quiry, and um, maybe we should get. Um, it's a bit of a party. Yeah, it's a definitely a party. I would like to. Let's next week. Let's get in touch with one of the singers. Yeah, and from ask one of them the about it. Yeah, that's a great recording idea. Recording this song. So awesome. maybe you could let us know. And actually, no, you won't no. be able to let us know. Because, but see yeah. ya. That'll be great. Yeah. Let's talk to let's talk to one of the choir members next okay. week. See you next week. See you later. Bye.